Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is Martin Luther and anti-Semitism. Grab a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzelo, and I serve as the pastor of Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Dawn Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so this unfortunately has to come up this time because of recent events in Pittsburgh. Absolutely. And so we are in 2018 when mm-hmm. we are recording this. Right now it is November 1st, which is our recognition of All Saints Day. Yesterday, October 31st, would have been Reformation Sunday. And last Saturday, for those who are listening in the far future, is the day that an individual stepped into a Jewish synagogue and murdered several individuals who were at worship at actually an infant naming ceremony. Oh, that just makes it that much more heartbreaking. Yeah, it is a devastating event in American history. And this is one of those weeks that happened on Saturday, and many Lutheran churches would have been recognizing Reformation Sunday the next day. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we don't like to talk about in the Lutheran church is Martin Luther's anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important that we talk about it. So this week, that's the topic of our podcast. Mm-hmm. Now, before we go any farther, one thing that I found extremely helpful this week from among my Jewish friends was a reminder that we're going to offer out to folks who are listening who may not have the opportunity to know this information. The Jewish tradition does not have an understanding of an afterlife or heaven or hell. Mm-hmm. That is something that came not from the Hebrew scriptures. That's something that evolved in Christianity. And oftentimes Christians will still put that onto the Jewish tradition without mm-hmm. understanding that's not appropriate. And so responding and saying they are angels in heaven, they're watching over us, or any of those kinds of things that Christians can oftentimes say to one another, not necessarily super helpfully, but because we are overwhelmed and don't know what else to say, so we stick our foot in our mouths. Exactly. Really, really not helpful when you're talking to the Jewish community. And so they've offered a reminder that a helpful phrase, an appropriate phrase, would be to say, may their memory be a blessing. May their memories guide our path. May their memories be an inspiration to us. But not some insinuation that they continue on in mm-hmm. some way. Mm-hmm. That is against the theology. Yeah, but those are still incredibly helpful phrases. They're beautiful. For anybody in mourning. They're beautiful phrases, mm-hmm. I think. And in some ways, I actually strongly prefer it to what we normally say to I each agree. other. Because our whole concept of heaven and the afterlife in the Christian church, it's just messy once you start digging into the theology of it. And mm-hmm. I think we've referenced that before, and I've dodged the bullet of talking about it. <laughs> Someday we'll get into right? it. Right? Because we have a foundation of the Hebrew scripture. Mm-hmm. And that, we have moved away from it. We've moved away, but we don't have anything more clear in our own scripture either. Mm-hmm. So that phrase, may their memory be a blessing beautiful phrase for someone in mourning. You can use it with your Jewish community. You can use it with your Christian community. Yep. You can use it in general. So there is a new phrase as we continue our journey with these large catastrophes. Exactly. Okay. I'm going to be honest with you that having been raised Catholic, I had no idea that Martin Luther had writings that were anti-Semitic or were employed by the Nazis and Hitler 
for that purpose. This was news to me until somewhat recently. I would say that you could have been raised Lutheran. And still not know? And still not know that information. Interesting. We're really good, I think, as human beings in hiding the dark parts of our heroes. Sure. And we love the early work of Martin Luther, and we appreciate so much a lot of his what are called table talks, where his students would sit around the table with him and write down everything he said. And we get some really wonderful things from his table talks. What we ignore and hide and don't lift up as part of our story is the Peasants' War. Sure. Where thousands of peasants are killed because of the birth of the Lutheran faith. Mm-hmm. And more reasons, but that being one of them. Well, sure. We that's ignore that. more of a you-can't-make-an-omelet-without-breaking-a-few-eggs kind of brushed under, I'm guessing. And hidden because mm-hmm. of that, rather than taking full culpability that the choices of this theology and the cataclysmic change that it wrought cost the lives of thousands of people. It had real consequences. It had significant consequences. And Eric, in his architecture <laughs> episode... Mm-hmm. You asked him what happened in that moment when the churches went to more austere and he kind of like, it wasn't pretty. No, it was Mm -hmm. deadly. It was absolutely deadly. And we brush that over. We try to hide from it. We do that in historical sense in general. You Mm -hmm. watch the movie Luther, you'll see hints to it, but you won't see the vastness of it. And you won't see his anti-Semitic writings. So what happens is that as Martin ages, he does not age well. Okay. The man drank beer, not wine. He doesn't age well. He turned sour. (laughs) He went grumpy old man, huh? Oh, so, so grumpy. Just a real jerk. Now, I'll give it to him that it was a hard time to be alive. He doesn't need the excuse. Nope. And yet. Nope. Not going to give him. I think that we are too quick to forgive racist and xenophobic thoughts and actions in our world. And I'm not going to give that to him. All right. I will say, yeah, he did amazing things and he changed our world. And I think that the gift of the theological understanding that he gives to us Mm -hmm. is tremendous. It has saved lives and I believe that it will continue to save lives. This idea of the justification by grace through faith in Jesus Christ and the reclaiming of it out of the ashes of the theology of his time was an incredible gift, but he was an anti-Semitic racist jerk by well, the time he was old. How do you get from the saved by grace alone to that? Because those Jewish people were so awful they couldn't accept it, and therefore they deserved because they wouldn't all believe kinds of evil. what he mm-hmm. believed. Yep. Huh. What he ended up writing about in his latter works was about how the chosen people had refused Christ. The Gospel of John can be read extremely anti-Semitically, depending upon your translation. Oh. And you may or may not notice that I've stopped saying in my readings, he did this because of the Jews, or the Jews did this, and I've been saying the Judeans. Hmm. Just enough of a shift Mm -hmm. that it takes it away from a whole people to a region of people within a given set of time. Okay. Sometimes helps, sometimes doesn't, but I found a translation like that of the Gospel of John for Good Friday, and it just gives it just enough of a difference to take away some of that anti-Semitic 
ring to the Does Gospel of John. Does that mean that the anti-Semitic ring was there from the start? Or is oh, yeah. This pu- okay. Yeah. It's not just a later translation issue. Mm-hmm. Okay. No. I think that that shift is there, that ability to blame the Jewish people on the death of Christ. Mm-hmm. And the ability to kind of scapegoat or the ability to set them up as the evil ones. They were definitely in the early years, or especially I think maybe around legalization stuff, they're set up over and against one another. Mm-hmm. Christians were an easy fallout group, as were the Jews and during the persecutions. And they could use one another as scapegoats mm-hmm. and blame the other crew in order to alleviate some of the persecution on their group, right? So it just sets you up as over and against a lot. Sure. And so trying to find that way to restore any kind of bridge. And Lutherans in particular have this then because Martin Luther's writings had a huge effect. He was so renowned. He was so respected. And his words were so important in Germany that they created these late writings and And I'm not going to link them. I'm not going to send them to you. And I'm not going to ask people to read them because Mm -hmm. it's not helpful. It's not helpful. We talk about don't give the microphone to the bully. Mm -hmm. Don't amplify the voice of the troll. And Martin was a total troll. He was just a jerk. And I don't want to amplify that part of his writing. I want to own that part of his writing. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure people know that that's a part of his story. But I don't want people to go out and spend time reading it because it is absolute vitriol. It is awful what he wrote. The one thing that we will link to is this declaration of the ELCA to the Jewish community. Okay. This is a document that Bishop Eaton resurfaced on Saturday after the shootings when she responded to the event herself and she quoted this and then it resurged and I located it purely because of my ELCA clergy colleagues who began sharing this around with each other. Mm -hmm. But it's been a part of our work and part of our understanding since 1994. Okay. So in the same way that we can go back and as I was getting ready to vote on my ballot, I pulled out the ELCA social statement on abortion Mm -hmm. from 1991, right? We have these documents, we have these things within our wheelhouse Mm -hmm. as our resources to be able to help us make decisions and understand from a theological standing where these things are. And so I wanted to read this today for the podcast. I read part of it in my sermon on Sunday because I think it's important. It's important that we recognize that this is a part of our history and a part of our culture. So I don't often read long things on Mm -hmm. the podcast, but this is important. So we're going to, and we're going to link this so you can share it with people. Here we go, folks. The Church Council of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America on April 18th, 1994, adopted the following document as a statement on Lutheran-Jewish relations. In the long history of Christianity, there exists no more tragic development than the treatment accorded the Jewish people on the part of Christian believers. Very few Christian communities of faith were able to escape the contagion of anti-Judaism and its modern successor, anti-Semitism. Lutherans belonging to the Lutheran World Federation and the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America feel a special burden in this regard because of certain elements in the legacy of the reformer Martin Luther and the catastrophes, including the Holocaust of the 20th century, suffered by Jews in places where Lutheran churches were strongly represented. The Lutheran communion of faith is linked by name and heritage to the memory of Martin Luther, teacher and reformer. Honoring his name in our own, we recall his bold stand for truth, his earthly and sublime words of wisdom, and above all, his witness to God's saving word. Luther proclaimed a gospel for people as we really are. 
bidding us to trust a grace sufficient to reach our deepest shames and addresses the most tragic truths. In that spirit of truth-telling, we who bear his name and heritage must with pain acknowledge also Luther's anti-Judaic diatribes and the violent recommendations of his later writings against the Jews. As did many of Luther's own companions in the 16th century, we reject this violent invective, and yet more do we express our deep and abiding sorrow over its tragic effects on subsequent generations. In concert with the Lutheran World Federation, we particularly deplore the appropriation of Luther's words by modern anti-Semites for the teaching of hatred towards Judaism or toward the Jewish people of our day. Grieving the complicity of our own tradition within this history of hatred, moreover, we express our urgent desire to live out our faith in Jesus Christ with love and respect for the Jewish people. We recognize an anti-Semitism, a contradiction and an affront to the gospel, a violation of our hope and calling. And we pledge this church to oppose the deadly working of such bigotry, both within our own circles and in the society around us. Finally, we pray for the continued blessing of the Blessed One upon the increasing cooperation and understanding between Lutheran Christians and the Jewish community. I wanted to read that because I think it does two things. It shows, one, how a group of people can take ownership of a dark side of their past. Mm -hmm. And two, it reminds us that Luther wasn't perfect. Mm -hmm. He's human. (laughs) Totally human. And encourages us to take steps towards being different. If we want to say that we are a faith that believes that all are justified in grace, that means that we can dare to admit when we are wrong and we can dare to admit when we have done grievous error. And the writings of Martin Luther that were used by Adolf Hitler to give a foundation and a theological foundation Mm -hmm. for the cleansing of his country and the cleansing of any country he could get his hand on is something we can be ashamed of Mm -hmm. and we can own up to. And it calls us, those of us who call ourselves Lutheran Christians, into a more active role in trying to find ways, not make up for Martin's writings, but to confront our own prejudices, confront our own racism, confront where we are participatory in that. Knowing that God's grace is sufficient for us, that when we make these mistakes, Mm -hmm. we will still be loved, but we can be better within our own living in our own world. Well, I think it's another instance of where sweeping something under the rug and not talking about it isn't solving any problems. No, it makes them worse. Because, exactly. And I don't know whose quote it was. I think people might have attributed it to Eli Wiesel that remaining silent gives the voice to the evil one. Like sure. to remain silent in the face of evil is not to stand against evil. It is no, to give power. No, there's a whiff of the complicit because you're Absolutely. not doing anything. And the Lutheran church in Germany was complicit in the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. A lot of that came from these later writings of Martin Luther. And that's a part of the history to own. And we may lift up Dietrich Bonhoeffer as a hero, but he was an exception to the Lutheran clergy of the time. Mm -hmm. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a Lutheran clergyman who, through his understanding of his faith, came to participate in a plot to assassinate Hitler and was martyred in the prisons. And he's an incredible individual who found his way to that political action within his time and day because of his faith. We lift him up now, but at the time, he was, one, an exception to the rule, and two, they killed him. Mm-hmm. He was not 
popular, mm-hmm. right? It was not a, a great public opinion. People weren't going to love him for it. He was in prison for it. So how does one get then from the anti-Semitic writings to the Holocaust to owning it? How do you have a helpful discussion instead of giving voice to the troll? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it comes in admitting it so that people know it's present. Okay. And for folks who really want to look into it, go ahead and look into it. Just search Martin Luther anti-Semitic writings. I'm sure something will come up for you. Because you know that there are a certain segment who are going to lean into that. Right. And we By don't... saying nothing, we're not really helping the situation, but how do we have a decent discussion about it, I guess is what I'm getting at. I don't know how to encourage folks to not be anti-Semitic. Is that the question? I mean, I think it's... It's not necessarily how to not be anti-Semitic. It's more, what do you do with these writings now? We, we, Hiding them is not helping. Right. People are going to find them. Totally. What should the discussion be about them? That this is deplorable. Okay. That this is an inappropriate twist of the gospel. That this is a misrepresentation of who Jesus was. Jesus would not have wanted his fellow people of the Jewish faith to be slaughtered and killed. Mm -hmm. That is not in keeping with the heart of Jesus Christ. And so if anything, we can refocus that lens on Christ and refocus that lens on who we follow and why. And I say, how can I teach someone to be anti-Semitic? I think right now in this week, I'm feeling like, how could you hate people who just want to love each other and do good things? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know how to help people not be jerks right now (laughs) Mm -hmm. because it's so much around us. Hate is being created around us so harshly right now. Mm And if you have a heart and a wish to other someone and to blame someone, you are going to find it and you're going to find justification for it. And Martin Luther's writings are going to give you a foundation to justify the action that was taken. And my understanding of who Christ is and my understanding of our rich heritage that leads us back to the Ten Commandments Mm -hmm. Killing, murdering, harming other individuals, causing them harm in any way is against God's intention for our world. And it breaks us apart. And I think that that doesn't have religious exclusivity in the sense of it's only other Christian people that I am responsible for. I'm responsible for all of humanity. I'm responsible for creating a world for all of humanity to have enough to be at peace, to be safe, and to be whole. We are responsible for our neighbor. We are responsible for the immigrant. We are responsible for those that we don't understand because that's what Christ calls us to. And so any writing, anything that others another individual and says that you you can kill them is not going to be in keeping with my faith tradition. So for those who are stepping forward in hate and saying, no, I will step against that behavior, Okay, right? I think it's helpful to say I could stand against someone saying Martin Luther wrote this, so this is great. Martin Luther wrote that, and it was not great. It was Mm -hmm. shameful, and it was shameful to who he was and how he understood his theology. And it was rooted in a time and in a place, and I don't care. He could have been better than that. Mm -hmm. And he was filled with pain, and he wanted someone to blame. I don't care. He could have been better than that. 
And I care enough about the legacy that he left to have wanted him to be better than that. Mm -hmm. And to set that boundary and say, no, that behavior and that writing and that belief is wrong. I'm still utterly fascinated that you can get from through grace alone to something purely anti-Semitic in a lifetime. I know. Being human is hard. It really is. It's a little mind-blowing. Being human is so hard. And Luther had significant health problems as he got older. Mm -hmm. And there may have been all kinds of things going on with his brain. And yet... Right? These are reasons, but they're not excuses. Okay. And that's where I hold the balance, right? I can give a reason why someone would hold this or might say these things, but that does not excuse the behavior. Okay. And in the same way that, yeah, totally forgiven and loved by God. Martin was totally forgiven and loved by God in the beginning and in his end. And I will hold him earthly accountable to poor and toxic behaviors. And that's the call that we have. We have this call when someone stands in opposition to our viewpoint to understand that they are fully loved by God, fully justified in grace, and that there's nothing they need to do to earn that grace. They have it. And God will always love them, period. And to hold people deeply accountable to their toxicity within this earthly realm is what Jesus shows us how to do. And holding that tension is forever our call on this planet. And right now in our current time, it feels like that's a daily call. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And a hard one, a really hard one. Absolutely. This is going to lead me to my last question of, and you may not even have an answer to this, but do you think today either he would change his view were he alive like, would you be able to engage him in a dialogue and talk to him about it? No. Not not his older self. Okay. No, his writings are so far gone. I mean, I think it's the same as saying, could I talk to an anti-Semite who is fully entrenched? Like, could I talk to the gentleman who Could caused... you reason with Hitler? Well, could you reason with the gentleman who just killed people in a synagogue and who cursed out his doctor who was treating him because his doctor was Jewish? Hmm right, continued to say these hateful things. Could I reason with that gentleman? No, I don't know that I could. Could I hold him duly accountable to the toxicity and the vitriol that he poured into our world? Yeah, I could hold him accountable to that. But I don't know if he is going to be able to change his mind. Now, a miracle could happen. And perhaps he could understand that pouring that evil into the world is completely against anything that Christ would have wanted if he is a Christian individual, which I don't know if Mm -hmm. he considers himself to be Christian or not. But I don't know once someone, I could not. Okay. Maybe someone else is called to that work. Maybe someone else is called to that capacity, but personally, I am not called to that capacity. Fair enough. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about Martin Luther and anti-Semitism. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I, and hopefully we'll have something less hard Mm -hmm. to speak on. And if not, we will continue to stay in the muck and the mire with everyone as we find our way through these days. For those of our friends who are Jewish and who are out there listening, our deepest condolences and may 
the memory of the incredible individuals who were present at the Tree of Life Synagogue that Saturday morning be a blessing to you and to our entire community as we take their courage and their bravery and their life stories and learn from them. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, you can reach out to us at podcast at centralportland.org. And until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.